podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined as always by Mr. Carl Matchett. How are you, sir? Furious at the improfessionalism going on behind the scenes today. I know, I know. We're just being let down by technology and delivery men and all sorts of stuff. And lunatic dogs who just won't shut the fuck up. Well, um, I'm, I'm talking about the uh, the guy who thinks he's playing Monopoly and is the banker and is dealing out ones and twos to everyone else and keeping the 50s and 100s for himself. <laughs> Listen, Carl, I, I have breaking news for you. You were losing this competition so badly anyway that a couple of minutes here and there make no difference. I think next season there's, there's got to be like an impartial uh, fourth party, technically, uh, to keep in, keep in score of these. I'm not, I'm not having Guy taking the title this year. This is just outlandishly ridiculous. You know when you go to a pub and there's a pool table and you have that one mate who doesn't really play pool regularly and just wallops the balls as hard as he can and hopes to the best? That's basically me in this competition where by pure fluke I'm going to win this competition between the three of us for lateness across the season. And then I'm not going to play it ever again. <laughs> That's how this is going to be. I'm going to retire as the undefeated champion of the lateness competition. And that is an enormous shame on both of you two. Allow <laughs> me, the latest person ever in the entire world, to beat you both. That is that is quite shameful. I mean, I've got no no, no defence to this at all. I had one bad day and that was it. My season was over. That's it. And I have been consistently mediocre. So I am basically Manchester United. You're like Liverpool. You had that bad start and you had to kind of claw your way back. I'm United. I haven't been good or bad all season. I've just been mediocre. And so far it's working out for me. I say that as I'll probably be like two hours late for the next pod. So today we've actually got a double header that we're going to record. In this first one, we're going to do a preview of the rest of the season for the rest of the league. So there's some really interesting things still undecided. Obviously, the title is pretty much done. I think that's fair to say. Um, City are four points clear, have a game in hand and are 20 goals better off than Arsenal. The title is over. Arsenal will finish second, but it's still all to play for in the race for third and fourth. It's still all to play for then in the race for the Europa League and Conference League spots. And then, down the bottom of the table, we still have five teams under threat of relegation. Technically, Technically, West Ham are still in that mix, but 
nobody thinks West Ham are going down. So it's Forest, Everton, Leeds and Leicester, actually four teams because Southampton have already been relegated. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the top of the table or do you want to start at the bottom of the table? Well, you know, mate, I'm always thinking of the good people. So I think we should lure them in with the prospect of immediate Liverpool chat and uh, keep them hooked with the with the possibility of laughing at Everton later on. I mean, it, it would be a glorious thing if on the final day of the season we sneak into the top four and they sneak into the bottom three. Um, so let's start at the top then. Newcastle, 35 games played, goal difference of plus 32. 66 points. Manchester United, 35 games played. Goal difference of plus 10. 66 points. Liverpool, 36 games played. Goal difference of plus 28. 65 points. So, it is still within the hands of Manchester United and Newcastle. Mm. And, realistically, Newcastle probably only need 5 points clinch a spot because they do have that four goal advantage now that changes obviously if we go and and wallop Southampton I I don't expect us to beat Villa by a clear margin I do think we'll win I think we could wallop Southampton but they themselves have Leicester at home which is an opportunity to ramp up some goals but their other two games Carl are very difficult they get Brighton at home this Thursday and then they go away to Chelsea on the final day. For United, it's Bournemouth away, and United's away form has been really poor. It's visit of Chelsea in a midweek game, and then it's Fulham at home on the final day. And they do need six points because their goal difference is so poor. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. So, which team will we start? Will we start with us? Will we start with Newcastle? Or will we start with United? I think we'll start with Newcastle, one because they're third, but also because their first game the midweek one, is against Brighton, who technically, I suppose, should still be in this conversation as well, because they have the extra game in hand. Yeah, in theory. Their their max is 70. They've got four games left, two games in hand on us, one in hand on Newcastle and United, uh, plus 21 goal difference. Their max is 70. Now, they're coming off off an incredible Sorry, the only reason here is if they if they beat Newcastle, if they beat Newcastle, obviously that's a good thing for Liverpool in terms of our chase. But it does also keep Brighton right yes. on us. Like if they win both of their games, they go what one point behind us, I think it's. So 
I don't expect that they'll do it because they need too many, you know, dominoes to fall perfectly for them as well as winning out themselves. But they're going to have such a big say still in what happens. Yeah, they are indeed going to have because not just in this um, battle for the the Champions League, but they've also got a game that'll be very important to another team's Europa League or Conference League hopes in their final game against Villa. Going into this game against Newcastle, we've seen Brighton in the last two games at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. 3-0 over Arsenal was one of the best performances I've seen by anybody in the league this season. I, I thought they were sensational. But in their previous game, they got absolutely walloped by Everton. Beaten 5-1 at home, torn to shreds, and really just embarrassed in all aspects of that game. Um, it's very clear that they're more that the Arsenal performance is more in keeping with what we've seen from them this season. They have been one of the best teams in the league, which is shown by the fact that they're sixth with games in hand. Newcastle's a tough place, and under Eddie Howe, in nine games that are evening kickoffs at St. James's Park, Newcastle have won them all. So there is that factor, but maybe that just means they're ready for a loss. And if they lose to Brighton, if Newcastle lose to Brighton, then they have to win their last two. If they draw with Brighton, they can probably still afford another draw, as long as they get a good yeah. victory over Esther, they could go and draw at Chelsea. So a lot rides on this game, especially for Newcastle. Yeah. So I've I've been fairly confident now for let's say a month or so since since the the win over Spurs, they came back and played really well early on in that. I, that Newcastle would do enough that they would get enough points. I actually thought they might be a step closer by now, obviously, with the Leeds game <clears throat> being a, a match you would normally look at them as probably winning. So I still think Newcastle will. I have a, a very close mate who's a, a Newcastle fan, and he is absolutely terrified of this game in particular, the Brighton match. He's, he's you know, one of those because Newcastle have not had the um, success or anything close to it for years. He's just waiting and expecting that thing to happen, which costs them the season kind of thing. Um, and he's basically pinned all of that on this match. And it's understandable why it looks like their most difficult game. But like you say, on, on home soil, they've been really, really impressive. They've been not just good uh, for the evening matches, but basically across the entire campaign. You know, a couple of draws at the start of the season. And yes, they were beaten by Arsenal. But that's not the end of the world. Other than that, it's only ourselves who have beaten them. And even in that game, we've discussed it several times. They were better than us to start with. They got a red card fairly early on, and they still were better than us at points in the game. So I think that they've had you know, a, a massive, massive step forward this season. They've maximised the opportunity presented to them by improving themselves while other teams flounder completely. And I do think that eventually they will get enough. And I think that these first two games that they have both on home soil, I think well, actually offers them a, a really, really big advantage. Like you say, they could draw this one and win the next one. That's two home games in four days and they're just about there without having to actually excel or really cope with the pressure too well or anything like that. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. and I think across the course of the season, they've 
deserved a top four finish. Um, only five defeats on the year is is very very impressive. But there is that factor where these players don't have any experience of these type of games where there's something on the line. You know, this is not a. This is. It reminds me a bit of Leicester a couple of years ago, where they should have gotten top four in back to back seasons and found ways to bottle it, for want of a better word. And I suppose the solace they can take is that they don't need to win this game. If they get a draw, that works for them. Give Leicester a, a hiding. And go to Stamford Bridge and, and, you know, play for the win, but the draw will probably be enough. What is your prediction for this Newcastle versus Brighton game, then? I'm going to go for a high-scoring draw, something mad like a 3-3. I think I'd go similar. I think I'd go similar. I might go 2-2 just to be, just to be slightly different, but I, I think it will be an entertaining game. I think it could go either way. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Brighton won, but it also wouldn't surprise me if New couple of goals. Um, hmm. I uh, to be honest, I had this Newcastle. one down as Newcastle win, but I had Brighton to um, sorry Arsenal to beat Brighton as well. So given the nature of those performances, I've obviously had to reassess a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, like I had Newcastle to beat Arsenal and Arsenal to lose to Brighton. Sorry, I I had Newcastle. No, I had a Brighton Arsenal draw, and Newcastle to beat Arsenal. So, look, it, it, none of that maths type stuff works out just because one team beats another. Um, it, it it doesn't really translate to what will take place on the pitch. Um, so if Newcastle get a draw there, I I think we both agree. They will beat Leicester quite comfortably at home. Yes. That will get them 70. Our max, of course, to 71. Yeah, and they will have a trip to Chelsea on the final day. And I think it's, it's quite easy to see that one playing out as a draw. Chelsea are not good. Newcastle will be more intense than them. They're going to run harder. They're going to fight more for that game. I think a draw will be enough for um, for Chelsea. So we're in agreement then that Newcastle should should sneak the well should not sneak their way in, but should find their way in to the top four this year. Yes, I think so. Um, you know, seventy going into the final day is a really strong position to be in. Uh, even if we have turned around goal difference, I, before the final day, still expect them to be ahead of United on points. So, yes, I'm keeping them in. Just about. Since we've talked about Brighton, um, Brighton have a couple more games to play after this one, obviously. They've got three more. Let's just start with Brighton at home to Manchester City. How do you see that one playing out? Given... City don't really have don't really have the need to go there and win. They'll like they'll, they'll almost certainly have the title wrapped up this weekend. They may yeah. potentially have a Champions League final to prepare for. They'll definitely have a League Cup final to prepare for. How do you see that one working out? Brighton at home to City. 
Um, I think quite a lot of that might rest on the outcome of the second leg. Uh, I do wonder whether if Real Madrid knock City out, there might be like a, a game or two hangover across those next six, seven days. Um, you know, it's oh, it's happened again. Our season's over, even though it's not that kind of stuff. Um, so there's the possibility that maybe more the Chelsea game than the Brighton game, Man City are below par. But if Man City go through, I think they win out. Okay. So I'm going to put you down for a draw because like said, <laughs> it does it does heavily depend. It does heavily depend, I think, on that Real game. Um. I think they'll beat Chelsea either way because Chelsea are just just not good, and City are are very good. To be fair to them, um, Brighton then take Fun on Southampton. Yeah. So we're, are we penciling Brighton in for a heavy win over Southampton? And then last yeah, day of the season, points. they go to right. So that will get them to sixty three. And then it's Aston Villa away on the final day. Villa have been really good under Unai Emery. They've been really good at home under Emery especially. What are we thinking for that one? Um, the way, probably a draw. Okay. And now Manchester United. So... Bournemouth next for them. It's away. United's away form has been really poor this season. They don't look like a team that's got a lot of goals in them. They have a goalkeeper who, despite the fact he's going to win the, or likely to win the uh, Golden Gloves, has not been very good. I don't know that I fancy them to go and win at Bournemouth. I know Bournemouth have had a couple of home defeats, West Ham and Chelsea of late. But their home form has been pretty decent, and they might want to finish the season on a high in front of their home fans because that's their last home game. And they've. For me, Bournemouth have had one of the most successful seasons of anyone in the league this year because just the fact that they, they stayed up is I think it's incredibly good for them because coming into the season, Carl, that was easily the worst squad of players in the league. They started dreadfully, hmm. sacked the manager after four games and went on that long run in the middle of the season where they couldn't beat anybody other than Everton. Yet they turned it around, they went big in January, they spent money, they were aggressive, they were ambitious. I think they deserve huge credit. And it wouldn't surprise me if they got a draw against United in that game. Yeah, possibly so. Um, uh, From a Liverpool perspective, I think the problem is if they win one of those two games, we're in trouble, basically. Um, Because I think final day at home against Fulham, I think United win it. I just can't see them not doing it there on home soil, even though they've got the FA Cup final to prepare for. There's still what, five, six days before that. Um, so we really need them to not win either of these two fixtures. That's the big problem. And I don't see that they won't win one. I mean, you just want one of these three to be against someone a bit better. 
That's the real problem here. Chelsea should have been a really tough game, but it just doesn't look like it will be. And I'm not sure that Bournemouth will have quite enough to actually win the game. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they drew both games. If they drew the Bournemouth game and drew I the Chelsea game, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I just don't think they're any good, Carl. I genuinely don't not think this great. is a good no, team. Not at all. Like, like two they're wins poor in defensively. What, five, they're not. Yeah. Uh, Wolves didn't attack. Wolves can't attack. They were not very good against Brighton. I didn't see the West Ham game. The Villa game, Villa should have at least scored one, but United you know, defended very, very deep in good blocks. And the Spurs game, I, I don't even know what to think about that Spurs game. Both teams were terrible. Both teams were really good. So they're not a strong side, but I just can't think at this point they draw both of them. I think, you know, maybe draw one, win one, or draw one, sorry, win one, lose one. But two draws at this point feels a lot. So, do you want to put them down for a win at Bournemouth and a loss at home to Chelsea? Do you want to put them down for two wins? Yeah, uh, I have them taken three points from the two games. I didn't really write results for each match. But yeah, three points across those two. It would look a lot nicer if it was two points that they took. But I don't think it will be. I think two draws from that for a team who don't draw loads. Probably ask them for a bit much. We'll put them for a win there. And so I have going into the final day of the season Brighton 63 points Liverpool 68 United 69 and Newcastle 70 The United at home to Fulham yeah. Mitrovic redemption arc. I'd love Mitrovic it. Revenge. Don't get me wrong, I'd absolutely love it. But bottom line, Liverpool beating Southampton away, yeah? Yes, oh, without question. Liverpool are going to go and wallop Southampton. And we're winning Putting that to Villa because we're at home. I've got a, I've got a, a, right, a so we're finishing one win to Liverpool there. We're getting 71. And going into that last game, as we have it now, United would need to beat Fulham. Yeah. And Newcastle would need a point unless they have got a really good... Uh, sorry, unless we have had a really, really good scoreline in one of them and turned around the goal difference. Yeah. yeah so exactly. who do you place more faith in? Chelsea at home or Fulham away? One of them has Fulham to away? I'd put more faith in Fulham. Because just Chelsea are managed by Frank Lampard, Carol. Like, that is the big issue. Just, it, it could be Poch for the last game. No, I don't think so. Chelsea's home form this season. Too. Chelsea's home form this season is bottom five in the league. Yeah. They've won six at home this season. I mean, I'd be, be surprised away. if. 
Chelsea's form in mid-October is not bottom three in the league. Um, they've been they've been dreadful. I saw a graphic yesterday that from when we played Chelsea in what was that at the end of March we played Chelsea in the league. At that time, they were four points behind us, and since then they've taken four points, and we're now twenty-two points ahead of them. So, you know, there's, they've just been, they've been so, so poor. They've won 11 games all season. And six of them came before mid-October. That win away to Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. They've only won five games since. They beat Bournemouth at home, Palace at home, Leeds at home, Leicester away and Bournemouth away. They haven't won at home. Since the 4th of March. But that would ask the question. Are they due a home win? Is it possible that. On the final day. In front of their own crowd. They do just show up. And put on a decent performance. There's a lot of talent in that squad. There's an outrageous amount of talent in that squad. But there's also. Mm. Worst manager. Maybe in Premier League history. Well, I mean, there's no. It's very, very difficult to suggest what Chelsea are going to show, just because there's so many things. You know, are they going to give farewells to people who are going to be going? Are they going to play people who are in form for these last couple of games? As he found, like that little sort of Sterling off one side combination, uh, which which worked quite well with um, Felix in the last game. They're going to keep that going, and they're going to try and build a couple of things for next season. There's so many unknowns. Like you say, I've just looked up the table from 1st of November through to now. Chelsea are 16th. They're outside the bottom three by one win. I mean, it's been a dismal, dismal campaign for them. But I think, I mean, there is the chance because they're at home. There is the chance that they do something and win a game. But I, I would still go with Fulham as the better possibility just because their away form is pretty good. They've won seven. You know, there's only... Arsenal, City, Newcastle, Brighton. They're the only teams who have won more than Fulham this season. Uh, they score more than they concede away from home. You know, I, I think that there's a, a chance there that Fulham could at least get a draw. We'll pencil them in for a draw then. And what that will mean is that Manchester United end the season on 70 points, which would put us into the Champions League. And, you know... I think that's the best outcome for everybody. Eric Ten Hag. <laughs> I mean, it's extreme. We'll face. <laughs> we'll face no. We'll face no criticism. We'll all be on the Glazers. Yeah. If any of you would like to invest in stocks in my new company, which produces Norwich scarves, uh, mass amounts of them, we'll be selling them outside Old Trafford on the final day of the season. And if United have not made top four. Best believe I'm going to be a billionaire by the end of the day. Um, right, let's let's keep going. Um, hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. 
and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's just say the top four ends the way we've just suggested, which is that Newcastle and ourselves get in 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 either order, whether it's them third and us fourth or vice versa. And United finished fifth. Yeah. Um, We have Brighton obviously beating Southampton and we have them getting a, a draw. Was it a draw away to Villa? So, um, I had them get 63 going into the final day and then away to Villa. Yeah. So let's actually look, let's look first at week, week 37. So Tottenham versus Brentford is an important match for Spurs as they try and secure a European finish. How would you see that one go? I think Spurs will do the job there. I do as well. Uh, Fulham Crystal Palace is an irrelevant game, so we won't discuss it. Um, West Ham Leeds is is an important game. Um, As an aside... Do you think City wrapped the title up this week by beating Chelsea at home? Uh, I think they beat Chelsea at home, yes. Right. Uh, So, what that leaves us then with is one more game to sort out the the top half. Sorry, the, the European spots, which would be Tottenham away to Leeds on the final day because we've got Brighton, we've got Villa ticked off. It's just, we've got Liverpool, Newcastle, United ticked off. It is just about this one game. Leeds United at home to Tottenham Hotspur. How do you see that one going? Right, so it's going to be, what is it, fifth and sixth Europa and then seventh Europa Conference, right? Yes. Right. So I've got Brighton finishing uh, sixth because they're uncatchable by the others anyway. Um, Tottenham, I think, to win their first game against Brentford. Like I said, Aston Villa, we've already said, are losing to Liverpool. So they'll both go into the final day of the season uh, three points between each other for that conference spot. Villa, I've got to beat Brighton then. So Brighton still stay sixth and Villa go to 60 points, which is level with Spurs, but Spurs play Leeds on the final day. So zooming all the way back down to the bottom, what will Leeds need to do? Leeds on the penultimate day are away to West Ham. Yes. If they get something, if they get something, I think Leeds beat Spurs at home. 
Spurs are so weak and fragile. I think Leeds will bring the madness, and I think they win out. In, I think they win that game in that situation. I know Sam Allardyce is like going to obviously try to control things a bit more and make them a bit less error strewn. But I think in a Leeds versus Spurs game with both of those teams' characteristics, the way Leeds survive is embracing the madness. At least in spells. Yeah, and I, I don't know that Spurs could cope well with with what it is big Sam football, the, the madness of Sam would bring because defensively they're really poor and they're very stagnant in midfield and quite quite one-paced in midfield. Like there's no real dynamic presence in that midfield because Basuma hasn't worked out for them this season. I could see Leeds yeah. going to West Ham and getting something in that game because West Ham will either have the hangover of going out of the Europa Conference League and their season in ruins or they'll have a Europa Conference League final in which case Moyes might start resting players. Yeah. And they're safe, safe, safe. They're fine. So I'm going to say Leeds get a point at West Ham. So we'll mark that one in. We'll actually do the we've rest. Got, we'll do the rest we've already of got week. Leicester losing. Yeah, we've only, we've only got two games left actually in week 37. We've got Wolves home to Everton. And we've got Forest home to Arsenal. Let's start with Wolves against against Everton. Because I just marked in a nil-nil for Fulham Crystal Palace because it's an irrelevant game that doesn't affect any part of the race. Um, we've picked... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we picked the rest. Um, Wolves home to Everton. Carl, I think Wolves win this game. They've been good at home over the last four or five games. They're grinding out results and I think they will yeah. want to finish the season at home on a decent note. Yeah, they've got four wins in a row at home, four clean sheets in a row at home. Um, and they even go back another couple of games before that. They beat Spurs. They did lose at home to Leeds. They also had two sent off. So that was, you know, obviously a very different and outlier game. Both red cards were late on. It didn't affect the result or anything like that. But it was obviously a, a much more chaotic game than he's been trying to instill there, Lopetegui. But all around that, 1-0, 1-0, 2-0, 2-0, 1-0. They've been very, very solid at home. They were... You know, don't forget, in right in that relegation battle for months, actually, and they're now what, nine points clear of the of the bottom three. That's that's quite a big gap to have opened up there themselves. So, I really don't know what to expect from Everton with this because you know they're, they're, they must be close to the most emotional club in the league. I think Everton, in terms of how emotions affect the players, let's say, and the fans, and. I, I don't think that the de- the defeat to Man City will have done too much damage from that Brighton result. I don't think that they'll care about it too much. But there's still just that that thing in Everton where when they do concede a goal against a team who they need to be or they have to be or they expect to be or anything like that, they just look like they take so long to recover from it in matches. Um, and if they are going to pin everything on that final day of the season, it might work out for them. But that's that's risking so much again. 
Um, but yeah, I could see this one being maybe Wolves 1, Everton nil. Maybe they get a draw, but I, I think I'd just about tip for Wolves. Yeah, I, I like I like the idea of Wolves just winning 1-0 and just grinding it out in, in the dullest game of the season. Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal, Carol, is an interesting one. It's been it's been really strange watching Forest this season. Sometimes they look good, sometimes they look awful. Um, I don't know how well Arsenal will deal with the physicality of a one e. I think if they start launching long throws in on top of that Arsenal defence, do think Arsenal will struggle to deal with that. It also point to the psychological factor of the fact that the title's gone from them now. And there was a moment in that Brighton game where it just seemed like all the wind went out of them and they just crumbled mentally. And I had thought originally Arsenal would go there and beat them quite comfortably. Now I'm unsure. Um, I think that we cannot worry too much about this unless you don't think that Forrest get a single point out of their last two. Home to Arsenal away to Palace. Uh, this is a side who, in the last four games, have two wins, a draw and a defeat. And the defeat was only by one. I think that they're in a good enough moment and they've put themselves in a strong enough position and they found enough uh, goal-scoring threat recently that they can score enough goals to get at least one point. Spurs beating Brentford, their last game is away to Leeds. How do you see that one panning out? And on that, let's touch on Leeds because they face West Ham in a game where West Ham will either likely have a really bad hangover because they'll have lost the Europa League, Europa Conference League semi-final and their season will be in, in ruins or they'll be in the Europa League final and probably resting players to keep everybody fit for that. How do you see... Um, this Spurs game working out and, and have a little touch on Leeds then as well. Right, so Leeds... I could see Leeds getting a point at West Ham. You know, we've, we've talked about West Ham and their focus might be elsewhere. They've done enough in the league to get themselves out of any you know real relegation worries. I think the win over Man United was the last one they really needed just to absolutely da- uh, nail it in. Um, 37 points is more than enough for them now. They can focus completely on that Europa Conference League. So assuming that they don't completely choke, and possibly even if they do, to be fair, in the second leg, we spoke about you know potential Man City hangover. I think that would affect West Ham quite a lot more. Their season would actually be over. So I would back Leeds to do enough against West Ham to at least get a point. So takes them to 32, heading into the final day of the season. Leicester... Uh, we've already said a losing to Newcastle, so they would be on 30 going into the last day of the season. <sighs> Leeds against Tottenham. I think that Leeds can win this game at home. I, I know Sam Allardyce has obviously been about trying to up the confidence levels, up the organisation levels. But I kind of feel that in this kind of game, Tottenham being so mentally fragile, not a very formidable team at the minute, not a very well-placed outfit, I think Leeds can get a result here by embracing the madness. Just even if it's for spells of the match, I could see them overrunning Tottenham. And Tottenham just not having enough to really fight for, to be perfectly honest. I know that they 
want to improve and they they need to try and get uh, Europa Conference League or whatever, if, if they even do want that. But I think Leeds just have so much more to fight for and so much more reason to think they might do. If they do get that draw against um, West Ham, then it's three draws in five matches, which gives them a chance going into the final day. Still a big ask, but I think I would just about back Leeds to actually win that one. Yeah, and to be totally honest, that wouldn't surprise me at all because Spurs just, I, I don't think they're a team that can be trusted. I really don't. And like we have them beating Brentford. <clears throat> I'd have a tough time seeing them win two in a row. They've, they've, they've just been that team this year. 17 wins, 13 defeats. 13 defeats. There's going to be a team in Europe next season, be it Villa or Spurs, with 13 defeats. Like That's really, really poor. And, and potentially more. So we'll go with the with a, with a win for Leeds and we'll pop in, say, a draw for Leeds against West Ham. Yeah. So that leaves us one game from week 37, which is Nottingham Forest at home to Arsenal. Forest still, I think, probably need two points because their goal difference counts against them. They have a worse goal difference than Everton, than Leeds and than Leicester. But Arsenal, Carl, watching that Brighton game, there was a moment in that game where it just seemed like Arsenal gave up. Hmm. Just after the second goal went in, I think it, it it hit them that the title was gone and that everything that they'd fought for this season, everything that they played for this season had slipped through their fingers. The, the eight-point lead they had when they had nine games left. Now, admittedly, City had a game in hand but it was an eight-point lead. They're now four points behind with two games left. That's a 12-point swing in seven games, which is fairly drastic. Now, obviously, a big factor in that is City have won all seven, but there's no doubt Arsenal have shot the bed here. Yeah, but this is the point. This is what we've been speaking about for months. It's not the fact that Arsenal... I don't even think it's the fact that Arsenal have shit the bed, to be perfectly honest. This is just what you need to do to win the league. And Arsenal yes. that. This is what we've been saying for months and months and months. At no point when Arsenal were eight points clear, or even more than that, I think earlier on in the season, did I say Arsenal are going to win the league, or think Arsenal are going to win the league. They won't. Because you have to do it not just Same. for three months. And not just for five months, for all the months. And they've never been yeah. capable of doing that. They still don't have as many players in the squad who are capable of doing it as you need. So what they're doing now is completely normal. They're having a really tough end to the season. That's normal. You have to be so much better than normal to win the Premier League now. That Arsenal, I have nothing but um, admiration for what improvements they've made on the pitch. Like, mm. They've absolutely taken big, big steps forward. But they're not a title-winning team. They're just not. Like even in go back a little bit further than this run where they've dropped the points, they've won five of their last 12 matches coming into the title end of the season, the cups end of the season, all of those things that they think that they're challenging for. They're not. You don't win five out of 12 between middle of March and the middle of May and think you're in the running to win things. That's not what happens now. If you look at Arsenal, and we look, we said this, we we on this podcast back in February and March, we said Arsenal are getting ahead of themselves. The fans are getting overly excited. The title race hasn't even started yet. You're not in a title race in February. The title race starts when you've got 10 games left. 
And when the real pressure hit, they weren't able to stand up to it, which is which is fine and not unexpected. Very clear, very clear that they overperformed massively through their first 19 games. 50 points. They weren't, that was on course for a centurion season. That is nowhere near a centurion caliber team. The 31 points they've taken from the last 17 games, that's closer to what they are. They're probably a bit better, but that is closer to what they are. And if you look at it, they for them to have had top four form over the last 19 games, they will need to win their last two because that would get them to 37, which would be 74 points on the season. A win and a draw would be 35, which would be 70 across the season, which isn't top four form. So this idea that they were going to win the league was founded only in, in their own heads. Yeah, um, the league was dreadful pre-World Cup, was not good through January, February. And once teams started to play closer to their actual levels, including teams like ourselves, Arsenal just just struggled. But, you know, they, they lost they lost the title, really, with those three draws. 2-0 up against us. We were in dreadful form. 2-0 up against West Ham. They were in dreadful form. And then the draw with Southampton. They're six points. Now, you give them those six points, they're currently two points clear at the top with two games left. Now, City would still have a game in hand, but would need to win all their games. But again, if they were two points clear, would they have beaten Brighton? Would they have gotten a draw? They probably would have got something from the game. I don't think they would have crumbled like they did. I don't fancy them going to Forrest Carroll. I think the psychological wallop of seeing the title slip away will be big. And I don't think Arsenal like physicality. So Awani is in really good form. I don't think Arsenal will enjoy trying to deal with him, especially without having Saliba in there for the, the size and the heft. And if Niakate starts launching long throws in on top of them, I think that will cause chaos in their penalty area. I think Forrest can get something from this game because Forrest have been pretty good at home. Yeah, Forrest have been, <clears throat> excuse me, markedly improved actually in, in general terms. Um, at home, they've only lost twice since start of February. That's, that's really good for a team down at the bottom. Uh, and even in just their general last few matches, it's only one defeat in the last four now. They're coming into a period of game, uh, a period of time where their game is working in an attacking perspective. They still concede a lot of goals, a lot of chances, but they create and load themselves. And even before that, in the games they lost, they scored twice against Liverpool. Then they scored three against Brighton, one against Brentford, four against Southampton, two against Chelsea. They, they're creating a lot. For a team down there at the bottom, usually it's goal scoring, which is the big, big issue. Uh, Forrester are okay in that regard. I mean... I, I agree. They could get a point against Arsenal, no problem. Well, not no problem, but yes, they're capable of doing it. Um, and the problem there is more on Arsenal's side, I think. I mean, you look at Man City in this season in the Premier League. How many times have Man City gone two games in the Premier League without one win? Zero times. They've not this season at any point gone two games without a win. Arsenal at the minute are on five. If you take like three draws in a row, let's say that's a rolling twice that they've gone two games without a win. Yeah. Five. And this, if they don't win, will be a sixth one. There's the difference between them. They don't have that 
you know, Arsenal are good enough that they can go on really good runs, but in the moments which matter, in the biggest of games, when the pressure is really on, when you've got to do it relentlessly month after month after month, then they're just not there yet. That's just where they are in their rebuild. I agree. I agree. And they're also, you know, to, to the best part of 400 million into this rebuild mm. under Mikel Arteta, which is is a, a sizable amount of money. And they're going to probably spend 80 plus on Declan Rice this summer. And there's a couple of other players that they're linked with. Mohamed Simikin is one. If they add him, that's probably another 30 million. So then you're pushing at 500 million that they'll have spent. And this will now be three trophyless seasons in a row for Arteta. He won the FA Cup in that first half season, but in his three full seasons, no trophies. And while there's been undoubtedly improvement, at some point you've got to add silverware to reflect all this money you've spent. And if they don't, and next season, Newcastle will get better. We should be hugely better. I think United will be better. I think a couple of other teams will improve as well. Chelsea for one. I don't even think Arsenal, forget title challenge next season. They're not even guaranteed top four next season. I don't, I don't think any of the sides other than Man City guaranteed top four. At this point. See, that's the thing. I think we will get top four next season. because I think, I think we're showing right now that we are comfortably one of the best teams in the league. I agree. And, and we're going to spend significant money this summer. I agree, but then we have to get those decisions right. You have to make sure that the players coming in are the right fits for the way you want to use them. And this system that we'll talk about on the next podcast is still issues to fix. And there's no magic way of just assuming that we can't go on another run next season like we did this year. We've, we've discussed True. I think Liverpool will. Don't get me wrong. I think Liverpool will. But I don't think that there's a guarantee beyond Man City. No, but I would, I would give us better odds than I would give Arsenal. Agreed next season and if they drop off and even if say they finish fourth and again it's a season without a trophy if they don't win one of the domestic cups because they're not winning the european cup then I, I think pressure will really start to mount on arteta because we're now 20 years without a title for a arsenal mm. that's an awful long time their last title if anyone had told you as they were going unbeaten to the title this is the last one they'll win for 20 years you would have thought they were mental do you know, and, and to so be honest, the fan base is, 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 I think, starting to get really angsty for major, major success. Not FA Cups, not League Cups, major success. And I don't know if Arteta is the man to deliver that. He, he, he certainly, when, when the pressure was on last season, Arsenal folded. When it was on this season, Arsenal folded. And I do think that reflects on the manager as well as the players. I mean, I expect Arteta to continue to make the group better and stronger, to be honest, mentally better, because I do think he's a, capable of doing that. Whether he can take them to the elite level, he'll have to stop being a fucking clown himself on the touchline for that to happen. But I do think he can take them another level beyond. I, I do at the moment think it's the player group, which is the bigger issue, because they have some players there whose mentality is not of 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 the winning nature, let's say. But that's that's not another podcast. All I will say is next season... I think it will be a lot more difficult for them. And I think the big reality check that they can expect next time out, unless they bring in, let's say, two unbelievable top-tier talents, is a Champions League group stage exit. There are a lot of clubs who do this. First time they get back mm. in ages, group's not used to it, managers not got huge amount of experience in Europe, they go out in the group stage. Loads of clubs do this. Even Barcelona this season, 
Uh, Man United have done it in the last few years. Loads and loads of teams do this. It won't be a surprise when Arsenal do as well. And it will still, for some reason, be seen as a, a reason to like, you know, for some of the supporters to hammer him and all the rest of it. But anyway, that, Arsenal's a different podcast. We'll deal with them over the summer. Right, we'll put in a draw for Arsenal versus Forest, and let's move to the last day of the season. We've got four games, so we'll go through these quickly. Leicester City home to West Ham United. We have Leicester losing to Newcastle, which means that in all likelihood, they they will need a well, no, they, they will just need a win in this game to have any chance of staying up. I do think they'll win the game because I think West Ham will probably just have either. One, both eyes on the Europa League, uh, Europa Conference League final, or they'll just have given up on the season. Agreed. So I've got Leicester going into the final day on 30 points, Leeds 32, Everton 32, Forest 35, yeah? Yeah, that's what I have. So yeah. we'll give Leicester the victory, which gets them to 33 points. Now, we've, we've said Leeds to beat Tottenham, so that yeah. will put Leeds to 34 points. 35. Sorry, 35 points. And that relegates Leicester. And that will relegate Leicester. We've got Arsenal versus Wolves. We might as well do quickly. I think Arsenal will win at home to Wolves on the last day. Yeah. And then it's it's down to two games. It's down to Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest and Everton versus Bournemouth. If Palace and Forest draw, it doesn't matter what Everton do. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN Make sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Uh, oh, it does. It does because... because of goal difference with Leeds, yeah. It does because of goal difference with Leeds, yes. So, right, let's let's just say Palace Forest. What? How do you think that works out? Um, I mean, uh, the, the the very exciting thing here, not probably not for Forest, in fact, because theirs is so much worse. We, I think actually we re-recorded this segment and we've forgotten to do it second time around. We both picked Wolves to one nil at home to Everton in the penultimate. We game. did, we did. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, Wolves basically have had a really, really strong run: four clean sheets and four wins at home soil. So we backed them to do the same again, one nil there. So that's why Everton are on thirty-two points going into the last day. Forest on thirty-five. Everton, if they win, go 35. Leeds, we've already said, go to 35 with a win. That would be the, the the crazy scenario. And that does then mean that Forrest would need a point. Forrest away from home. Not good. Not good is, is a fine way to describe a run of uh, eight defeats and one draw in the last nine in all competitions. 
Not good indeed. They did draw away to Chelsea last time, though. They did, and they gave us a really tough game at Anfield as well. So there has been some improvement in the performances. They also, they should have gotten something away to to Brentford. Steve Cooper's in-game management in that one was a, a, an atrocity. To be frank, it was an atrocity. And that is what cost them that game. They should have taken three points at a minimum one. They were one up with about six minutes left. He made a poor choice of a substitution. And then because he'd made three individual substitutions, when Danilo got hurt, they had to finish with 10 men and they ended up conceding a goal. So that's why they're in this this mess. They would they would be safe if, well, based on us having them draw with Arsenal, they would be safe. I think they can go to Palace and get a draw because Palace have nothing to play for. They've had a really good run under Roy. Five but, wins and eight. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's probably Ar- his best win percentage of his career. Better than Arsenal since Roy took over. <laughs> Palace have lost once at home since the 7th of January. Who beat them? Man City. (laughs) I think Forrest can get a draw, though. I think when the chips are down, I I think they can go there and get a draw. That is a huge game. Um, I back this Forrest team, the way they've got the team at the minute, to deal with pressure a little bit better than the Everton side. Yeah. That is what I would say. But yeah. I do think that Everton will beat Bournemouth on the final day. So do I. And then it comes down to goal difference. Now, if if we give Pal if we give Forrest a draw, yeah, that takes then it away. it's Leeds versus Everton. And it's <laughs> it's goal difference. And it's minus twenty four, minus twenty five as it stands. And we have we said Leeds to get a draw at West Ham. Yep, so they stay minus 25. So what scoreline would you predict them to beat Spurs by? I've got 2-0. I, I don't think in this... I mean, if, if we've said Everton to lose 1-0 to Wolves, which puts them both on minus 25 going into the final day. Final day, yeah. Same goal difference and same points, but Leeds have scored more. So, a lot more. So Everton would have to win by a bigger margin than Leeds do. Yeah. I I reckon Leeds 2, Spurs 0. I could see the same scoreline for Everton-Bournemouth. So if we, if we mark that in... Then Everton are down on goals scored. Everton are down on goals scored. So the final league table... Now, I just put in draws for City against Brentford and Brighton just to Mm. fill it out. Manchester City top with 90 points. Arsenal second with 85. Newcastle third with 71. Us fourth with 71. Newcastle beating us out on goal difference. Manchester United fifth with 70. uh, Brighton sixth with 64. Tottenham seventh with 60, getting into the Europa Conference League. Villa 8 with 58 points, Brentford on 54, Fulham on 53. Then the bottom half would be Palace on 45, Chelsea on 44. I've just got one point from their last three matches. 
because we have them. I, I I put them down to lose to United, lose to Chelsea, and draw with Newcastle. Okay, it's a tough run. Yes, yeah, and they're tough. a bad team. So, um, <laughs> I think would actually get be, even worse from this point in the running. It'd be one point from their last ten games or something like that. No, sorry, it'd be four points. Yeah. Four, five, five points from the last ten games. Jesus. Um. Yeah, five points from ten games. Good job, Frank. Well done. Uh, Wolves on forty-three, Bournemouth on forty-two, West Ham on thirty-eight, Forest on thirty-six, Leeds on thirty-five, Everton thirty-five, Leicester thirty-three, and Southampton twenty-four. Everton and Leeds with minus twenty-three goal difference, but Leeds having scored fifteen goals more would stay up and Everton would go down despite having conceded 15 goals less. I, I can't even begin to imagine the fury if this is what comes to pass. The thing is, I, I think Everton will win as well. Let me say that. But, Carol, let's say Leeds go to West Ham and win. Now, Everton are relying on Spurs to win or they're relying on Palace to win. And if if that stadium is as toxic as I think it would be if they go into the final day of the season at home in the bottom three and they don't score early, and let's say Bournemouth did score, I think that stadium would become an absolutely horrendous place. And I could see their team just folding under that pressure because this is not a good Everton team. There's a lot of good players there. And I, I think Sean Dyche is a good manager, but they're, they're a mentally fragile team who, if not for a complete fluke result at Brighton, would be down before the last day of the season. I mean... We've seen it happen there before. It's it, like I said, the the probably the most emotional team and fans in terms of letting things affect them that I think there is in in the entire Premier League, to be honest. And obviously that can work both ways. Last year it worked in their favour, but we've seen it go toxic before. We've seen it really make the team wilt. Um, I could see it. I could see you know two or three nil to go down losing, but. I do think that they will beat Bournemouth when it matters. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it will matter. No, I don't either. I think the other teams will just do enough. I do think the other teams will do enough. Like, I could easily see Leeds going and winning at West Ham. Yeah. Because exactly. West Ham are just not a good team at the moment. Um, yeah, Forrest could beat Arsenal and then they're for, safe anyway. Like, that's it. If, if Forrest yeah. beat Arsenal... If Arsenal's heads are not in it. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. If Forest beat Arsenal and Leeds beat West Ham and Everton lose to Wolves, then Everton will be reliant on Spurs to go and get a win at Elland Road and they would need to beat um, Bournemouth by a couple of clear goals. And that's just, that's going to be a very bad situation for them to be in because if ever there was a fellow who could shithouse his way to a 1-1 draw with Spurs, it's Big Sam. I think they'll beat them, but yeah. if he just needs a draw, the ball will be in play for about 15 minutes of that game. <laughs> he will reach deep, deep into the bag of tricks. 
like some of the time wasting in the game against Newcastle was absolutely spectacular. And if it's the final day and they only need a draw, I think it'll be just an absolute obscenity what he'll pull out of the bag. And rightly so, let's be perfect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely rightly so. Um, I, I, look, I think there's, we've said that, you know, we could see results go in certain ways. I could also see Everton Wolves being nil-nil and nobody has any shots at all. Like if Wolves yeah. are still trying to be, you know, very solid and put foundations in place for at home and they take a fifth clean sheet in a row, they will absolutely take that. There's no danger to them. They're preparing for next season. And that wouldn't be the worst for Everton at all. 33 no. points going into the final day. It could even prove to be enough, to be honest, 33. You know, we're picking, what, one, two, three of the bottom five sides to win one of their last two games. And that might not happen. Yeah, they, I mean, the thing is, they, they could all lose their last two games. Yeah. They could all take one win and a draw. They could all, you know, it, it is, it's very, very tight down there. And obviously just last day of the season, strange things can happen because some teams just, just don't care. Yeah, and sometimes you just get these really weird runs and there's like, you know, three or four games are like 4-2, 3-6, 4-1. Final day of the season, there's always loads of goals. Yeah, I mean, we could see Forrest and Palace play out a fucking mental 4-4 draw. Yeah, Palace could wallop them. Forrest could go there and sneak a win. Like, anything is possible in these last games because, for, you know, Forrest have everything to play for, Palace have nothing to play for, but Palace are clearly the better team yeah, and might just turn up on the day and tear them apart. Yeah, you get Eze and Elisa and a couple of the others, Edward, back to full fitness now, and they turn up and just play football. They could, like, score three, four, five. Mm. Agreed. And Palace do have a decent defensive base as well with, with Gwehi and Anderson and Sam Johnson's playing fairly well and Mitchell's a good left back and Decoure's played well in front of them. So, you know, it, it could be that, it could be that, like we said, Forrest could beat Arsenal and then get hammered by Palace, but it won't matter because they'll be safe anyway. Yeah. Um, Who's going down with Leicester then? After all these predictions and all the permutations we've done, are you picking Everton to go down? Um, <laughs> I think Leeds will stay up now. I think after getting the point against Newcastle, I see them staying up. I didn't think they would do that. So much just comes down if so much comes down to to Spurs against Brentford for me because if Spurs don't beat Brentford and have to go to Leeds and win, that's a different thing. And I think they, I think I do think Spurs could beat Leeds away without yeah. doubt. Leeds could give them three goals. Of course, they yeah. Could. I mean, like it's Harry Kane. You know, he he he'll probably do something in the game. Um, I think that that's placing quite a lot of expectation on the motivation of the Europa Conference League, though. Yeah, but if their choice is Europa Conference League or no Europe at all, yeah, I'd go for a year of rebuild under a new manager. Oh, I I would as well. I would as well, but I don't think they will. Um, and I think Villa'd be absolutely thrilled to get Conference League. Because yeah. you know Unai Emery will do well in the next season. Yeah, they'll win it. <laughs> um, right, well, we'll leave that there. We have Liverpool getting top four at the expense of Manchester United, and we have Everton going down with Leeds and Forest staying up. But literally anything could happen. Literally anything could happen. You know, Everton could go and they could beat Wolves, and then they could lose at home to Brentford. Because... <laughs> 
or Bournemouth rather. It would just be the the very you know epitome of of this Everton team. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll leave it there, and we will be back later in the week with a couple more. We've got a Villa preview that we'll do later in the week, and we've got a little tactical discussion that we wanted to have. So we'll have that out as well in the next day or two. So we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.